Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. So what we're going to do tonight is we've been uh, in the last kind of couple of weeks in a series uh, in, the, in the morning services in particular called Our House, God's House. Uh, and really what we've been talking about is this, this gathering of people. What is the church? Is it important? Why do we come along? Should we come along? Maybe this is your first time coming along. You're like, yeah, it's a good question. What is this? And so what we'd really like to do tonight is, is just really talk a little bit about what is church to, to these people here? What does it mean? Why have they invested their lives into it? Uh, and hopefully in that discussion, it's going to um, raise some questions for you. Hopefully it'll answer some questions for you. And one of the things that I really love about panels uh, is, is that often hearing someone different than maybe myself uh, speak to some truth puts it in a way that lands for you. Yeah, you've heard it said by other people before, but you hear someone say it in a way that's just a little bit different and it just, just lands in your heart. And so why don't you bow your heads, why don't you close your eyes, I'm gonna pray for us, then I'll introduce our panelists and we'll get to it. God, we thank you so much as we come together tonight, uh, as we, we lean in and, and, and look at the, the ideas that you have for us, as we explore our truths and, and, and share our testimonies, that, that today I pray that you would be glorified, that you would be lifted up, that that, that uh, your truth would go out, God, that, that as we're doing things a little bit differently uh, today, that, that your word is still true uh, and that your word does not return void. And so that we pray that today we would be transformed uh, as we come under who you are, that, that you would be over this and through it all. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, awesome. So we have going along, we got Atlanta, Tim, Nicole, and Ben. Uh, and all of these people are incredible leaders within church, right? So can you give them a hand? Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty awesome. So Tim and Atlanta uh, lead our, our young adults our community here. Nicole and George, who George is, is currently over uh, in Australia, right? Well, that's probably a pretty good reason to not be in a seat. But he's coming back on Wednesday, which we're very excited about. Uh, and and uh, so they lead youth. And then Ben and Joanne uh, lead our incredible creative team. Uh, so we're, yeah, we're super stoked to, to have them here today. And so what I thought would be, uh, would be a cool thing to do would be to, to get them to share a little bit of, of their story about how did they come to be involved in church. That's a good idea, yeah? It's good because it's, it's, um, it's the only idea I have tonight. So if you said no, it'd be an awkward moment. So launching into my, my first question, I'm crossing my legs because I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. This is professional, professional. You need to mute me. So... Question number one for, for you guys is how did you first come to church, right? Like how did you, not just this church, but the church in general? Great question. Thank you. Um, I grew up in the church. My parents are very involved and have been well before I was born, well before they were married as well. Um, and so for me, I yeah, have grown up in the church. It's all I've ever really known. I can't remember other than being sick, not going to church. It's just it's like Steve talked about this morning, it's a habit that my parents had instilled into us and something that I decided, um, yeah, that I wanted to carry on. And that's how I came to the church. Yeah, quite, uh, quite similar uh, for me as well. Uh, Mum and dad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, my parents as well, uh, they had established a habit of going to church. And so I also remember uh, being very early on uh, and being in church and uh, also just getting involved uh, early on in church as well, uh, just with whatever that uh, looked like, whether it was being a kid and trying to serve in kids uh, or <laughs> um, yeah, just just doing, um, just being in different spaces. I, uh, I found it really enjoyable. I found the community in church um, 
it was something that I wanted to be a part of as well. And so, yeah, growing up in church, that's kind of me as well. Hello, hello. And gang, gang, hey, how you guys doing? Good to see you. Sorry. Um, so I was born into the Catholic Church. So again, with the habit of going to church on a Sunday, um, it's very instilled, like kind of every Sunday or else you'd get the wooden spoon. Any, any other wooden spoon gang out there? Hey, wooden spoon gang. We turned out well, didn't we? Um, right, but, it, but my story of like becoming born again um, is in 2013, um, I met Jazz Thornton, who at the time was just Jazz. Like, um, so now Jazz Thornton, she's doing some really great work in um, the mental health sector in New Zealand. But back then, it was just Jazz, you know, just Jazz. Um, and she kept begging me to come to church. And I was like, what do you mean? I already go to church. Um, and if you don't know about the Catholic Church, they do Mass every Sunday. And it's exactly the same. Like every Sunday, the only thing that changes is like the Bible reading. And so I thought all churches were the same. Like, I was like, well, I already go to church. Why do I need to come to your church? Um, but she wouldn't shut up, so I went <laughs> to kind of get her off my back, and I walked into an equipper's service, and I was like, well, what do you mean? Um, and then I met Esther, and she was like, hey, you sing, right? You should come on Revolution Tour. So then I went on Revolution Tour, um, and I remember uh, one of the rally nights in Wellington, standing in the Wellington Opera House, performing on stage, and just God encountering me in a way that I was like, what, what? Like, I just, I just, something changed for me, and I gave my life to God that evening on stage. Um, and I haven't left since. So that's, I mean, it's been a few years. Hey. Yes. Well, I'm Ben, and similar to these guys, I, was, I grew up in a, a church, um, in a Baptist church, Musborough Baptist in Dunedin. Does anybody know it? Okay, cool. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, it was a great church. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, I remember when I was seven years old, giving my life uh, to Jesus. Um, to be honest, I think I just saw my best mate do it, and I was like, that's really cool. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that too. Um, so, I mean, for me, throughout my teenage years, um, I don't know, I suppose my faith was pretty based on what my parents did. I, I went to church because that's what they did. Um, and it wasn't really until university where... You know, you get really, you're, you start to get more of your independence and make your own decisions. And I remember going to a camp with a bunch of um, other Christians uh, and just, again, similar to Nicole, just encounter with God, just a moment where I was like, oh, this is real. Um, and, and just since then, you know, the, the change of life to be like, okay, well, if God's real, then how's that affect my life? And, you know, I moved to Christchurch seven years ago now. And I moved out of that Baptist church and came straight here, um, which is quite different. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's been great. And uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. Awesome. Awesome. That's super cool. Um, well, my second question would be, you know, I think it's interesting. Um, similar to you guys, uh, I grew up in church, right? And m my parents are ministers. And there was a distinct moment for me growing up where my parents shifted cities. And all of a sudden, I wouldn't be offending them by not going to their church anymore. And I had this choice, like, I don't feel like I have to do this anymore. Uh, and, and so when did church kind of go from being a thing that you grew up in or you're kind of a part of? When did it go from being someone else's house to this idea of the series is our house, God's house? When did church start to feel like your house for, for you? Um, for me, there's two real distinct moments that I can remember. Um, so my family shifted over to New Zealand in 2013. 
um, and my dad's a pastor, so we came over to um, help the church on the North Shore in Auckland. Um, and for me, I remember it was one of our first Sundays in the North Shore Stadium, which is not that flash, um, but it sounded really flash at the time. And I remember it was my first Sunday host on hosting. And for me, that was like, oh, I've got a bit of responsibility. I've got a bit of ownership. Um, and as a little 14-year-old, that was the most exciting thing for me, being like, I'm part of this team. I'm part of putting on church and being part of what the church is doing. Um, and the second real distinct moment for me was... Um, Shortly after, we would pack in and pack out like we do here, um, but we'd only have a morning service. So we'd pack in at 6.30, do the service, pack out. By 2 o'clock, we'd be done, and then normally we'd be heading straight into the city for the PM service in the city. And I remember one Sunday, um, the team just took a moment after the truck was fully packed and was like, guys, there was two salvations this week. Like, there was two salvations this Sunday. How incredible is that? Um, and for me, it was like, I'm part of a bigger team and a part of a bigger picture. We don't just do this thing to put on a good show. Um, we do this things because people's lives are getting changed. And for me, um, yeah, it became a real moment of, oh, this isn't just something we do every Sunday. Like, um, people are encountering God who have never encountered them before and their lives are being changed. And for me, that was a real big, distinct moment from when it became God's house to, oh, this is my house too. Um, yeah. Um, for me, I remember a really distinct moment. Um, and, and in fact, I don't know exactly when it was. Maybe another distinct moment. Tell a lie. <laughs> Sorry, team. Um, but I, I do remember having a, a, a change in my mind where it was like, I'm actually, I'm not coming to church just for me uh, anymore. And actually, there was something that changed my mind where it was like, well, actually, I'm coming to church because if I really believe what I believe, that, that Jesus came and to, <laughs> to give us life and then that's got to be the best news in the world and the best news I'm ever going to come across. And thank God that I've had that encounter and, and had that revelation. But then if this is the, the best news in the world, then why wouldn't I do everything that I can to ultimately create a space where someone else can have that same revelation as well? And so for me, that's where I thought, well, actually, I, I believe that the, the local church, that's where a, a place where people can come every Sunday and they can encounter God. So why wouldn't I do everything that I can to make that space amazing so that when people come in, they can have that same experience uh, that I had as well. Um, and it's, it's definitely helped. Um, I, I love what Steve said this morning. He spoke about, like, sometimes when you want to try to uh, do something, like, you think you've got a discipline issue, but it ends up being a vision issue. Um, and I think when, I, when that changed in, in my head, like, wow, I get to create this environment, be part of creating an environment where someone can encounter Jesus, then it was like, well, getting up, first thing in the morning to, you know, serve on team or, or whatever, that's not so hard anymore because it's, there's this bigger picture uh, that I get to be part of. Mm. Um, the first thing I did um, once I'd given my heart um, to Jesus was I joined an e-group. Um, and that just came from someone out the front being like, hey, who's in the greatest e-group? And everyone's hands went up, like, in the congregation. And I was like, oh, FOMO, what's an e-group? Um, <laughs> so an e-group is like our connect group. So like it's like our smaller groups that we meet week to week in cafes or houses. Um, so I, I joined an e-group, and so that was a really quick way just to make some friends and just to feel like, you know, you, f you feel like you've got a few connections and there's something going on. Second thing I did, like, shortly after I got saved, someone did a message on tithing which is giving 10% of your income back to the storehouse. It's biblical. It's a thing. Um, and I just went, yeah, all right. You know, like I just said it in the Bible, didn't pray about it. I was like, yeah, it says in the Bible, might as well do it. 
Um, and something about giving 10% of my income, like I was invested, right? I was like, okay, now, like, now I'm really invested in this thing. Um, and then so shortly after that, I started serving. Because I was like, like, it wasn't just about investing money, but it was about then, oh, well, my time is actually more valuable than money. Money's just a piece of paper. And then I invested my time. Um, and it just, it just has a funny way of really roping you in. Because once you're serving, you, you just meet a whole lot more people and you get connected with a whole lot more people. And then, like, I've got friends for life just because I started packing in, yeah. you know, and cleaning toilets. Like, you know, like... Um, so yeah, it was it was joining an e-group, it was tithing, and it was joining an e-team and actually finding a place to serve. So yeah. Well, my my first Sunday here, I um, I came in at five p.m. Um, my fir- like my first day in Christchurch, and I remember walking in and like sitting kind of third row, maybe seat number nine, maybe like right there. Um, <laughs> and I remember just before the service, somebody came up and talked to me. He's like, "Hey, I'm." name. Um, do you play an instrument? <laughs> and that's how I remember it. He would say it's different. But anyway, um, and, and basically just invited me along to their, their worship night um, on Wednesday nights. Um, and it was straight away just this invitation to be a part of something. Um, it wasn't just a oh, come along, attend, go home and continue with your life. It was actually come and, and, and join us, come, come be a part of us, come be a part of what we're doing. Um, so that, that was kind of the first thing, and, and then getting involved in that. But then the second thing was when it stopped being just church-organized events, stopped being just Sundays and e-groups and, and worship nights and all these other things, but actually the people that I was spending time with at church started to be my mates. And I actually spent time with them outside of all of those organized things because we were friends and we just wanted to. And it just gave this, okay, I'm actually, I actually am a part of this now. It's not just a task that I'm doing anymore. It's not just a, a role I'm fulfilling or a place I'm attending, but it, it's family. Um, and that family connection is really what, what was kept me um, here, I think. I mean, and, and God, of course. But, um, yeah, family's huge. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that, um, that, that kind of leads really well into my, my next question, which I think, one of the things we talk about a lot when we talk about belonging in church is, is all the ways that we can and, and the great reasons too. Um, and, and the shadow side of that is sometimes we feel disconnected in church. Uh, and, and sometimes we've been connected for a long time and we're not quite sure why, but, but things that, that used to kind of fit don't fit anymore. Or, or, you know, sometimes people hurt us and we go through offense or like a wide variety of things. Um, and, and probably, you know, you've all been in church long enough to have gone through a a period in which, to some extent, you've felt disconnected. So I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about if, if that's true, and maybe for some of you it's just a nut pass, which is which is fine. Um, but but if you have ever felt disconnected from church, what did you do to kind of? You're still here, right? You're, you're still in church. So what did you do to? Yeah, am I, am I, am I, yes, yes, I am. Um, uh, but so what did you do to kind of see yourself through that? Um, or, or you know, maybe there's been someone that you've you've known a hypothetical friend you could speak to as well. Um, to yeah, to keep that or to get reconnected in. Um, I've definitely felt disconnected from church before, um, and I think anyone who's been part of a church before, you all know what it's like. Um, for me, I found that when I started to feel disconnected, it was because of me and my issues, not because of something the church had done or anything like that, but it was because I felt uncomfortable by something or like a nerve God had touched. And for me, it was safer to pull back and to be like, oh, no, I don't need these people. I don't need this community. I don't need this service. Um, 
and every time I felt disconnected, it's, yeah, because of something in my heart that hasn't quite been right. Um, so for me, <laughs> it's always been coming back to a place of being humble and being like, okay, God, I see you're trying to work in me. And I know that being part of a community and being part of the church is the best thing for me right now. Um, so a couple of things that I've done to help me get through that feeling disconnected has been e-groups. Um, my, yeah, I've been part of quite a few e-groups over the years. Um, and yeah, there was one particular season which I just went through a really hard time um, and was questioning a lot about God and about church. And if it wasn't for my e-group and my e-group standing with me and praying with me and just being there to have a good laugh with me as well and bring a little bit of life back into life, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't be here today. And so being part of an e-group and being part of, um, yeah, just a small group of friends where we can challenge each other, we can laugh, we can cry, you know, all of that good stuff. Um, for me, that was like real key for me um, staying part of church um, and being part of a team as well. Um, when I knew that if I didn't show up on a Sunday to make coffees, suddenly there was three people who were like, oh no, we don't have our coffee on a Sunday morning. And for me, um, that was a good, big part as well, knowing that I'm part of a team, that I'm part of um, something bigger and that I've got a little bit of responsibility to hold as well. I don't just join a team because it's the right thing to do. I join a team because I want to put weight behind what we're doing as a church. And for me, yeah, being part of an e-group and being part of an e-team um, kept me grounded in times where I felt disconnected and kept me, um, yeah, we're just surrounded by people who were willing to encourage me and stand by me through the hard times. Uh, yeah, I've, I've definitely felt uh, disconnected or, or disillusioned with church uh, for a time uh, as well. Uh, and I think, yeah, uh, like, like Brian just said, if, if you've been in church in a length of time, sometimes it can happen. It can sometimes it can be with what's going on um, in your own heart. And I, I know sometimes it would, it, it would be um, that, like whatever had been going on in my own heart. And, and other times where, you know, maybe it was something that was said from the front or I might have been serving in a team and, and someone had said something and maybe it was said with the best of intentions, but it come across um, and it actually offends um, you as well. And, um, and I think in those spaces there, um, the, the hard thing had been wrestling with wrestling with my faith and, and, and maybe to give it a bit of context to that there was a, a period in my life where I got quite into apologetics um, which was just trying to drill down like why do I actually believe what I believe um, and so for me that was incredibly helpful and, and along that journey as well um, I kind of went into like well why do I even uh, go to church and I, I ended up kind of long story short coming to a place of well actually I wholeheartedly believe in, in the mission of the church I, I wholeheartedly believe in, in what the church is doing so even though I might be a little bit offended at someone then well that's that's something that I one I, I need to approach that person and, and talk to and it might be a little bit uncomfortable but for the sake of something bigger than myself bigger than my comfort or a, a little bit of my pride then, well, actually, maybe I just need to get over myself and say, well, actually, God, you're doing something that I just get to be a part of, so maybe I just need to humble myself a little bit right now, get a little bit uncomfortable, so that I can be part of moving this thing forward as well, um, because I just, the last thing I want to do is be a roadblock to what God's doing as well, and so if, if I've got the opportunity to, yeah, to get in the flow of, of what God's doing, um, yeah, then I, <laughs> I want to do that, um, but it's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. Amen. It's not easy. Good start, eh? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I think 
in any space, not just churches, there are going to be times where you feel disconnected, and it's all about how you how you approach a solution. You know how you how you get to the end of that, um, and it's story time. Um, I've got a wee story for you, John. Um, so my my time, probably yeah, probably the first time I really felt disconnected um, was when we first moved down to Christchurch, and on the outside, it like it looked like we were having a great time, but internally I was like just like screaming just just new job new city um lots of adjustments um and for some reason I was finding it really really hard to connect with people and I'm you know I'm generally a people person like I love having a yarn ask any of the youth okay Uh, yeah hey hey like I, I like I'm a people person so I couldn't understand why why I was finding it so hard to connect um and what what I re- first of all the first thing I did was I talked to someone about it, eh? Um, and what I recognized is that I was actually like I had some trauma that I was sort of putting on other people. If you get what I mean, it's like has anyone ever been bullied here, eh? Yep, almost everyone in the room. So pretty much, I've like in when I was younger, I had a few really traumatic experiences with bullying. And what that meant, and what I didn't realize until I had to move cities, was it meant I was really, really anxious about meeting new people, like, to the point where, like, I would feel sick sitting in my car before getting out and, you know, coming to church or going to work, etc. And so, like, do the math, moving to a new city, starting a new job, like, you know, meeting new people at church, like, all of a sudden there was just this mountain of anxiety that I didn't know what to do with. And I only recognized that I had that trauma by talking to someone. So um, I just talked to Pastor Shelley, and she could really pinpoint it. Um, and, yeah, I think it was a really big deal identifying that. And then, the, well, first of all, she prayed with me, and it's something we prayed through. But I also recognized that maybe I needed to go and get some counseling. Um, so I went and got some counseling, and through that I realized that the disconnect was actually just all in my mind. Like, it was, it was all one-sided, and there were all these people who wanted to connect with me and, like, welcome me into a family, but it's almost like I had, like, blinders on, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that's, like, if, if you are feeling disconnected, I would say, please talk to someone about it. Um, th- that, was, that was the thing that unlocked everything, just being really honest and having someone um, older than me, wiser than me, who could f- walk me through and pray with me. Um, and then in my case, it was also getting a bit of professional help to actually work through. Why am I so anxious? Um, yeah, so that, now we're good. Um, probably didn't have really too much to add. Um, I, I don't think I've really had that much disconnect from church, to be quite honest. But I, I feel like the reason that is is because I've created the habit to just keep coming, even when I don't necessarily feel like it. But one thing I have noticed is if I go away on holiday for a couple of weeks is that I do feel disconnected purely because, I mean, like with any relationship, the less time you spend with somebody, the further apart you grow. Um, and the more time you spend with people, the closer you get generally. Generally, of course, of course other things happen. But anyway, um, so, I mean, for me, that's been a big thing is just actually putting myself in places where I can continue to connect because if I, I know if I don't, then I will end up disconnected at some point. Um, and so, yeah. That's all I've really got to add. I'll unmute myself. That's awesome. That's, that's, um, muting myself is, is an important 
step in, in making sure the panel goes well. Um, <laughs> from that, I guess uh, this morning, and, and maybe we'll post it on the, the home base page for people who weren't there, Pastor Steve's uh, message this morning, because it was, it was awesome. But one of the things he talked about was, um, and, and I think it's a, a big concept that we, we can't fully drill down into now, but that idea of uh, identity-forming habits um, and, and he, there's a, a great book for those of you who, who like reading books or listening to them on Audible called Atomic Habits that, that he kind of took the premise from. And it talks about you don't just do something to do it, but you do something to build an identity. Uh, and like an example in the book is you don't just go for a run to go for a run. You go for a run because you want to build the identity of a runner. Um, and, and so for you guys, are there any habits in your life that you really cherish that, that aren't just things that you do from a sense of obligation or or, or, you know, habit, but you've actually formed as a habit because you're like, no, this is the type of person that I want to be, either, you know, in community and, and that kind of thing, or in your personal relationship with God that, that you want to share, that you're like, this is a great habit for me, could be a great habit for, for other people. Um, I'm going to go with the obvious one first. Um, coming to church every Sunday and being part of team and being part of a bigger picture, for me, is a habit that I formed. Um, I saw my parents model it all throughout my childhood. Um, they were consistent, they were serving on team, they were building the house. And for me, um, seeing the blessing that came on their lives and the relationships they built because they were part of something bigger was something that I would like, as I aspired to have as well. Um, so it was a habit that I put in place in my life to be on team, to be consistent, to, um, yeah, get around people and do life with people. Um, and another one I've been, another habit that I've formed um, more recently is listening to podcasts when I'm walking to uni. Um, my walk to uni is like 25 minutes, um, which is not long. <laughs> um, but it, for me, I have a couple of um, like leadership podcasts that I really love listening to. And for me, it's just taking what is could be wasted time just walking to uni and actually spending that time um, investing into myself and investing into my leadership. And um, yeah, just getting some good wisdom around people who have done the journey for 50 plus years um, and yeah just yeah getting wisdom around that through podcasts I think just always being open to learning um, and probably more than that instead of just being open like always being looking for opportunity to learn uh, as well and and so for me similar it's um I've got, I've got some podcasts and that that I'll, I'll, I'll try to listen to as well or or um, recently trying to make sure that I'm I've, I've found I, I'm not very good at reading books I'll just I'll have a stack of books and I want to get through this and I just won't do it so I was like I'll pivot and I'll just get audio books because I can listen to them and it's been working great so if you struggle with reading try audio books <laughs> um, it's working for me at the moment um, but I, I, yeah, I've, I've found that just really helpful. Just as a principle of like, oh, actually, I just want to continue to make sure that I'm learning as well, so that I I never want to think that I've made it in in one specific area. Because um, I guess as soon as you stop learning, then you stop growing as well. Um, so always want to continue to be yeah growing in, in, into what God's got in store. Um, and and probably the um, a, another one is just I found like whenever I go for a drive in the car. Um, and I'm just by myself, I'll just, I'll just put on some worship music um, and I'll, I'll just create a space um, just, just in my life actually just to be able to, um, to worship God. And I, I think it's actually a, a really cool um, moment because it makes going to the supermarket to get cucumber like 
you know, you, you just never know what God's going to do, like the, the amount of times where I've just been doing just like a simple thing, but it's like, oh no, I've just, I've just got this habit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on some, some music and just worship God and, and just be singing and looking like an idiot in the car while my eyes are open, paying attention to where I'm driving. <laughs> Um, but but just because you never know, like if, if God's going to say, well, actually, like, hey, that's that's a word of encouragement for someone. It's like, well, my God, maybe I wouldn't have actually heard that if I wasn't just creating this space and for Him to speak. And so, oh yeah, I just can't encourage you enough. Just find a space where you can um, just worship and say, God, what, would you speak in just the mundaneness of everyday life? Um, mine's super practical. Um, so I I do this I do this I do this ev- maybe maybe every couple of months. Um, I, I suppose you could call it a mental stock take. Um, so what I do is I get a piece of paper and I kind of divide it up into three. And in the first column, I and like I write it out like by hand. This like you could do it digitally, but it's better by hand. And on the first column, I would I'll write like the truth about who God says I am. Like so, I'll write like a scripture about my identity. Like I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, and if you don't know where to find those, you can literally Google scriptures about my identity. Like, you don't have to flip through the Bible and like, um, but so, so I'll pick a scripture like, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, or I am God's masterpiece. And I write it out by hand, and I'll repeat it over and over again. And what you notice is usually when you say something positive to yourself, there's this little voice that goes, shh, no, you're not. Like, you know, there's, there's this voice inside our head that loves to just be like, myth busted, you suck. Um, and, and so, and so until you, like you, when I first started doing this, as soon as I'd write, like finish the sentence, a voice would go, but remember that time, like, remember that time you fell over in front of everyone, like three years ago, you know, or just my brain will just, you know, this voice will come up. And then what I do right next to that in the next column is I write down what that voice has just said to me. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm really examining, okay, but what do I really think? What do I really believe? This is what God's word says, but what is that voice in my head saying, right? And often it's a lie. Like, if you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Nah, you just happened, you know? Like, it'll, it'll, you, you weren't, no one cares, you know? There are all these things that can really swirl around in our brain, like unchecked, and we let it happen unless the Bible says to take every thought captive. This is pretty much what this exercise does. So, First column, truth about who God says I am by hand. Second column, I write down what my brain is really saying, what the thought really is. And then I, I sit there and I sort of think and reflect, um, okay, where did that come from? And usually a memory will pop up or something that someone said like 10 years ago will pop up and I'll be like, oh, that's really altered the way I think about myself. Or that's really, um, and then so I'll write that memory in that third column. Um, and usually, like, you know, make it cute, light a candle, put on some worship music, you know, set, set some time. So usually is worship music really going? And then I just really go after that thought. I really go after it. And um, sometimes, sometimes I've got to repent and be like, oh, actually, I've partnered with that. I've allowed that thought to live in my head rent-free. Um, but some, sometimes I just go back to the scripture and I just repeat it. And I'll repeat it for 15 minutes every morning. Um, to really sort of rewire my brain and, you know, really replace that thought with the, the Word of God. Um, and so you can do that. Sometimes one is enough, and you just ruminate on that for like a week. 
But sometimes you can line up five scriptures and just do a whole mental stock take of what's actually going on in my brain. What, is, what's, what am I actually speaking to myself? Um, and so that habit has meant that I've been able to identify, you know, past memories that have changed the way I think about myself. Or I've been able to really be aware when um, the enemy has snuck a lie in. Now I can sort of catch it like, here, shh, you know, fly spray. I guess, you know, think of it like a fly buzzing around in your head. Um, yeah, so that's my really practical thing, just doing a mental stock take. And maybe if, if you start doing this, maybe we'll have to do it more often. But now I'm just like every couple of months, I just, how are we going up here with our thoughts? Yeah. That's so good. Um, yeah, mine, mine would be really just wherever I have the capacity to be able to say yes to, you know, whether it be serving in church, whether it be hanging out with people, Wherever I've got the capacity to say yes to that. And I say wherever I've got the capacity because we all know rest isn't really important as well. Um, and or the habit of saying yes, but then have the balance of being able to say no. Um, because of saying yes to everything becomes very draining after a while. Um, so that, that kind of balance between those two uh, opposite things really um, is something that I've tried to, uh, my heart is always to get involved, you know, again, where I can. I want to help people. I want to help out around here. I want to help out in my house or, or whatever it is. But, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, last question for, for you guys. We kind of, we started the year, I don't know if people remember, uh, talking about dreams, right? We kind of started with Dream Sunday and talked about that, that God has a dream for every one of us, that, that there's a, a dream in this house, but that part of the, the dream of the house is all of our dreams coming together and, and being expressed. And so I, I guess for you guys, uh, my question would be like, what are, you, what are you believing for? And it can be personally, it can be for the community you're leading, it can be totally kind of left field of either of those things, but but for this next season, what's the dream that, that you're taking forward? If this is God's house, but it's also your house, what's the, the God dream in the house? Um, leading young adults, my dream is for young adults. Um, I would love to see this place packed out with young adults on a Sunday night. Um, and for me, I've seen it happen before, so I know that it's going to happen again. Um, and yeah, for us to have gatherings, not just for e-groups, but throughout the week, in different spaces, whether that be universities or workplaces or however that might look, just young adults who have a heart to connect with people and love on people. Um, yeah, but I also, um, we were talking about it this afternoon, I, like, obviously we don't have a family, um, but there's a, I feel like there's a real grace on this church for families, and I would love to see more young families coming in, um, but parents modelling to their kids what it means to be committed and serve in church, not just attend a church on a Sunday, but for, yeah, families to be planted in the house and for kids to grow up, um, yeah, knowing what it means to build the house of God. I forgot the question for a moment, but it's come back, so it's okay. <laughs> um, no, for me, I've, I've recently just been um, thinking about just the relationship between Paul and, and Barnabas in, in the Bible and how, how Paul couldn't have done everything uh, that he did, you know, writing a whole bunch of the New Testament and, and, and ministering in, in places to the capacities without Barnabas, um, who um, was just this super encouraging 
figure in, in the Bible, and, and recently I've just been thinking, well, awesome with, with the community uh, that we're entrusted to, with, with the young adults and with church and with serving and, and wherever I am. I just want to be able to encourage as many people as possible just to run the race that God's got for them um, and just to be able to see people running in call and destiny and purpose. And so in whatever sphere I'm in, whatever space I'm in, wherever um, I'm, I'm able to have conversations with people, for me it just it, it excites me because I know, you know, I I, in fact, I don't know. I don't know what, what God could do, you know, in, inside of ev- everyone, but <laughs> God can work past our imagination. And it's like, well, man, we can imagine a, a room full of young adults or, you know, whatever e-groups in, in, in every suburb of Christchurch. But what God wants to do is so much greater than that. And so, I'm, yeah, I'm just stoked to be able to have a role and, and, and to be able to partner um, with that to see it come to pass. Two things. Um, so first, these, there are these pillars of society. I think there's like education. There's, Jono, you know this. Education, government. Arts. Arts. Business. Business. And then you've got like health. health. And then sometimes people do like sports. Yeah, yeah. but that's kind of health. And, and you've got science you know, and tech. And yeah, they kind of, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, it, it starts, so people say like, i got a pillar too. And I would like a pillar. But there's, yeah. there's many pillars. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was counting on you to know those because I was yeah, like, yeah. I only know the one because yeah. it's, I'm about the one. Um, so, um, I've like I've I've been a creative person and grown up in a creative family like, well, just my whole life. And I, I you know, I, I just it's like breathing to me. Um, and what one thing I've realized is that I'm surrounded by artists. Like if you look at our youth ministry, I'm surrounded by artists who just don't know it yet. Yeah, I'm looking at all of you. Um, and I'm starting to realize it's actually not a coincidence. Like, I, I meet new people, and they're, and they're creative, and it's, it's oh, what's going on? Um, and for ages, I've had this dream to really take the pillar of arts, um, but not in a way that we're just going to make a whole lot of art, and it's going to be great. But um, I really believe art shapes society and can shape society's view. So I am passionate about being a channel for the Holy Spirit to move in that area and move in society through the pillar of arts. Um, and I'm passionate to raise up other artists to do that. Like, I'm, like, I'm, like it sets me on fire to think about. Um, and there's many, there's many ways, shapes or forms, you know, there's many different types of art, but there's one creator and we, we are all, you know, we're all channels of his Holy Spirit. Um, and I think I think a lot of people don't go into the arts because there's this perception of being like a broke, starving artist. What I love about the kingdom of heaven is that everything's upside down. All right. So my second thing is I'm passionate to, to take the pillar of arts and raise up artists who are not only going to shape society, but who are going to resource the kingdom of God in a way that we've never seen before. Like, what do you mean? Like, artists are not starving and, you know, living in leaky villas, you know. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm passionate to see the, the pillar of arts one for Jesus and, you know, shaping the hearts and lives of everyone that art touches. Because you think about it, like a song can go far and wide. Um, and, you know, those free, the, the, that sound gets in to you. Can you imagine if we had God-fearing artists and musicians and painters and sculptors, can you imagine what would be getting into people? Um, 
I just, yeah, just drives me wild. But also there's that, there's that edge of, but actually we're going to resource the kingdom of God and we're going to reach out and we're going we're gonna to feed people. We're going to change lives. We're going to get families and homes. We're going we're gonna to fill these seats, you know? Yeah. Um, so for me, um, my wife and I, we lead uh, creative ministries. So, the, you know, oversee the production guys, the music team, um, and sort of the stuff that happens in this auditorium on a Sunday. Um, and uh, at the beginning of the year, I got, um, well, I was led to uh, Psalm 133, um, which talks about, you know, where people gather together um, in unity, their God commands a blessing. Um, and that whole idea of unity, I mean, if you read on through that psalm, it talks about this thing called, uh, it's as if the, the dew of Mount Hermon were falling on um, on Zion. Um, and I was like, what the heck is the dew of Hermon? Um, <laughs> got no clue. So I went and did a bit of research, and, and God just opened up this picture for me. Um, for those who have never looked into it, the dew of Hermon is basically oh, this, like, phenomenon in one of the driest parts of the world, the Middle East, there's this mountain range that stands up, Hermon at the top of it, and it captures all the water, the precipitation, the rain, whatever else is coming, and it feeds the land around it. And it's like this, this I mean, I got the picture of rain from heaven coming down um, onto our creative team and that feeding and watering, like, I mean, in, in Mount, around Mount Hermon itself, like the vineyards, the farms, the villages, basically everything gets supplied because this mountain stands tall and feeds. And I was just like, how cool would it be for our church, our, our team, but our church, to be of one spirit, one voice, in unity, and feeding the community, literally and spiritually, you know, like what would that look like? And so I suppose my dream is that, you know, we would be together and going after what God wants um, and going after, you know, whatever the Spirit is, is leading us towards um, and to just bring people in on the same page so we're, yeah, know, we're together. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Can you guys join me in, in thanking our panel? It's so incredible. You guys are amazing. When you guys will, uh, thank you so much. Hey, I really hope that, uh, that, that, that that sparked something in you. Uh, and we're going to finish with a song of praise in a moment. So, Ben, why don't you guys do a quick, quick uh, adjustment. But, um, you know, I, I think there's something really special in, in hearing other people's takes on, on truths that maybe we've heard before. Uh, and so I really encourage you, hopefully, that was, that was landing in you. And maybe there's something that, that's front of mind for you now that you just want to write down of, of something that you heard someone say that, that landed with you that you want to take away and, and mull over. I know that all of the guys are, are, are really accessible and would love to chat with you. So if, if someone said something that sparked something for you, like, I want to hear a little bit more about that, then don't be afraid to, right, we're not just kind of present some ideas and then run away, but, but we want to be a people who talk through stuff, who wrestle with stuff together, who unpack stuff. So uh, let us do that with you. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes? The, the last thing I'd love to do before we finish with a song of praise is, um, you know, we've been talking about our house and God's house and, and these incredible uh, men and women have been talking about, man, what does it look like for me to sow myself into, into God's call? What does it look like for me to intentionally connect myself and reconnect myself into God's house? And, and maybe the whole time you're thinking, man, I'm, I'm disconnected. Um, I'm, I'm not connected to God's house. Actually, I'm not. I don't know if I'm connected to God. And I would say that, that that's the first thing. We're talking about our house, God's house. This is only God's house because God is in it. Uh, and this can only really be our house if we're connected to God. You know, you don't need to believe with us to belong here. 
but you won't truly feel at home until you have a relationship with God because you won't truly be yourself until you're in a relationship with God. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.